horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And it seems like every week I'm saying this is one of the biggest weeks of the year. But ladies and gentlemen, if you know me, you know that I hold the Traverse Stakes in high esteem. What a card at Saratoga. As I may have mentioned uh, every year about this time, uh, myself and my family, this was what we call a holy race of obligation. And uh, my family would try to get together from wherever we were and meet under the ancient elms at Saratoga and take in the Travers Stakes, of course, also known as the Midsummer Derby. What, John, why do they call it that? Well, it's the 150th running, and it's kind of a Kentucky Derby rematch, though we won't have all the Derby starters in here. Um, Country House, of course, is on on the farm, and... uh, Well, uh, sad to say, we are not going to uh, see maximum security for a little while. He's just not eating his oats in the morning real good. He's still in light training, but uh, won't be in the field. But needless to say, some very talented horses are, and horses that ran second and third eventually in the Kentucky Derby are in there. It's a mile and a quarter for three-year-olds carrying 126 pounds one million two hundred fifty thousand dollars on the line but that is just one of a slew of races starting in the fifth race the travers is the 11th nothing but graded stakes so we're going to try to take them in order and uh in doing so i'm going to bring in two of my favorite handicappers uh in ed meyer and eric wing and uh, we're going to go through it. Ed's going to give us that uh, a look at the early pick three and five, six, and seven. Then I'm going to ask him to weigh in on the Travers. And uh, then we're going to have uh, Eric uh, do the same with the eight, nine, ten, and lead into the Travers. So hopefully uh, we'll uh, we'll bring you home some uh, pick threes, pick fours. Who knows, ladies and gentlemen, but these are the stakes races. There's some fantastic horses running in them, needless to say. So Eric and Ed will be with us. And on such a big day, remember, your big bets get hidden because there's so much in the pool. So you're going to want to also pull down the easy win forms. Listen to my guest. Come over to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms. And I got a feeling you're going to come away with some winners. I do believe so far, and things can change up at Saratoga, that the uh, weather is going to be good. So we'll be able to get in some of the, uh, the graded stakes action that is going to take place on the turf. Uh, speaking of the easy wind forms, another good week. When do we have a bad one? Starting in Chicago at Arlington, uh, 50 cent pick five returned 1,636. How about a track we don't play too much? Penn National. Uh, just uh, this afternoon, a, uh, shall I say this evening, a uh, $1 super paid $2,137. And a West Virginia at Mountaineer Park. 
just three days ago, $1 Super pulled down 1588 So come on over to Winning Ponies, pull down your easy win forms, listen to my talented guests. I may chime in with hopefully a win or two. And we're going to get you some winners. That's why uh, you tune into this show, right? Well, uh, like we mentioned, it's going to be a big day there. Now, don't forget, it's going to start early. Set your alarm. Saturday, the early post, 1135 in the morning, and there's going to be 13 races on the card. Just an unbelievable program. Well, uh, got some news. You know, sometimes you forget about people that were actually a steady part of your uh, media life, shall we say, and uh, you kind of go, I wonder whatever happened to Jack Whitaker. Well, uh, Jack Whitaker, who you remember his beautiful white hair there and he was just so well spoken emmy winning sports broadcaster for more than three decades uh he was just such an elegant and graceful speaker Uh, he worked first for cbs later for abc well he passed away on sunday in devon pennsylvania 95 years old seems like just five years ago i was watching him uh on tv uh so you got to go back he did the first super bowl i did a great job on secretariat's victory in the belmont stakes so golf was probably his big thing but what's nice is he always had a special place in his heart for racing uh he was inspired by writers like alistair cook and haywood hal brune who you know is prominent in racing and back in 79 he received the emmy as the outstanding sports personality and uh he was just one of those guys nobody ever said a bad word about him uh, he was just fantastic he was from philly uh, he went to St. Joe's College in Philadelphia, which is now St. Joe's University. And the first event he covered was a midget auto race on a dirt track. <laughs> and the cars threw up so much dust, he could barely see anything. But, of course, he went to the top after that. Now, um, you know, he also did, you know, color for Philadelphia Eagles. But in, in you got to go back in time. In covering Secretariat's 31 length in the 73 Belmont Stakes, he called it the most dominant individual sports performance he had ever seen and witnessed. And, of course, sad to say, he also witnessed the Philly Ruffians' fatal breakdown in her 1975 match race with foolish pleasure. And that race inspired this passion. Passage. A false step here and the years of planning and breeding and training and loving came to an end. A horse with speed and stamina and heart. A horse like the Bible says, whose neck is clothed in thunder. Wow. Jack Whitaker, they don't make him like you anymore. Well, uh, they announced from Churchill Downs the road to the Kentucky Derby, and it's pretty much the same rhythm uh, that it's had uh, in the years past. It consists of 35 races in the United States with points on a sliding scale. According to the relative importance of the race, they usually build as the season goes on. In addition, there's going to be seven designated points race in Europe, four in Japan, and uh, one automatic derby berth in each reason. And uh, the Kentucky Oaks, of course, follows a similar 
path. It starts off uh, this season in September 14th, the Iroquois at Churchill, the now-named American Pharaoh at Santa Anita, uh, the Champagne at Belmont, Breeders Futurity at Keeneland, and of course the one with the uh, uh, the biggest points would be the Breeders Cup Juvenile. And again, those are the baby races. And then it builds over the season, and you know as we get into March. You know, we're looking at the 100-point races like the Louisiana Derby, the UAE Derby in Maidan, the Florida Derby, Wood Memorial, Bluegrass, Santa Anita, and the Arkansas Derby rounds out the road to the Kentucky Derby. Okay, uh, quick look, Jackie of the Week. A young man, Julio Carrera, won the riding title. Uh, down at Laurel. How many good jacks have started out down there? But that was his first career riding title, uh, surpassing Trevor McCarthy, an extremely talented rider himself. So congratulations to him. I'm going to get to the races we covered last week, ASAP, but one we didn't cover because I thought it was a lock, and once again, I was wrong. Horologist wins the Mammoth Oaks, and uh, everybody uh, pretty much thought that the uh, this was going to be last year's two-year-old champions jaywalks race jaywalk looks strong who took the lead but uh moving up on the outside was I'm pro- pronouncing it right horologist who got the job done so uh We'll see what they do. He's a she, daughter of gemologist, her fourth consecutive victory, first graded stakes win. And uh, we'll see what plan B is going to be for last year's champion. All right, that was the Monmouth Oaks. Now let's take a look at some of the races that we handicapped. We had a slew of them. Again, it's that time of year. There's just so much good racing everywhere. And we went from coast to coast and stopped in the middle. Saratoga, the Lake Placid. Hope you got to see this one because not many people did. Uh, (laughs) The rain started to come. And uh, it got nasty. Uh, they even, uh, Larry Colmness told the crowd, severe thunderstorm warning, take shelter. And uh, uh, d- during, during the race even uh, said, uh, it's starting to get dark as they come through the stretch. It was a, a great, great finish. Three head bobs at the wire. And after a long time and a very muddied photo finish photo it was declared a dead heat between Varenka who just rated well and came closing on the far outside under Javier Castellano and Regal Glory another one that rated and came Regal Glory uh, coming right back off of the Saratoga win at the Lake George and in the third spot was blowout the British bred, who was the easy speed, early speed, and got caught. Another Chad Brown runner doing well. All right, then we went to the Alabama, and I, I, Jose Ortiz, he's just amazing. I mean, he was stuck down on the rail, really, really sloppy and muddy. As I told you, the storm had just coming through, and in the in the Alabama, this is. This is a mile and a quarter, and uh, somehow got out widest on the turn, 
and got the job done. Three wins on the card for Jose Ortiz and Chad Brown. In uh, the second spot was Point of Honor, just nosing out Sophie Doyle and Street Band. All right, moving right along. We uh, went out to Del Mar and the Pacific Classic. Hope you were still awake for this. It went late at night. And the winner was Higher Power, Flavian Pratt. How hot is he right now? He gets the job done in this million-dollar grade one Pacific Classic. Kind of took it to the lead, nine to one, and uh, kind of just gave him the slip as they uh, as as they turned for home. And Flavian Pratt and Higher Power get the job done over Draft Pick, another long shot at thirteen to one, and in third at nine. 15 to 1 was Mongolian Groom. Also out of Del Mar, it was the Del Mar Handicap, a very revered race, a grade 2. It was a quarter million dollars up for grabs, and it was Acclimate, wire to wire at 7 to 1. Florent Jaroux getting there. He got to throw out his last race, the Cali Dream. Don't know what happened there, but came back to win. And in the second spot, Oscar Dominguez a strangely named Irish bread, and third was Ritzy AP. Then the Del Mar Oaks, and my buddy Ed Meyer kind of gave me a little push on this horse, so I picked him over Byron King. Cambier Park got the job done at 6-5. to five. It better get the job done. It owns OXO Equine some money. This horse sold to Keeneland for $1.25 million. In the second spot, Shipping in from England by way of France, hidden message. And in the third spot was Lady Prancelot, the Irish bread. And let's not forget our friends at the Pea Patch. The two juvenile races down there often produce very nice horses. And as it turns out, it was a Steve Asmussen, Tyler Bay's stakes double. Rowdy Yates, the slight favorite, went wire to wire to win by two and a half lengths. This makes his third lifetime start, a son of morning line. Second was let me know, third nighttime. And then they came right back, the Asmussen Bay's connections, and took the Ellis Park debutante, $100,000 up for grabs. Green Destiny, it was not the morning line pick. Got the job done off a maiden race at Ellis Park. In the second spot at 60 to 1, a horse that cost 3500 bucks at Keeneland, Mondeas de Oro. And in the third spot, down on the inside, Tom Amos trained his glory. All right, we just put 10 pounds in a 5-pound sack trying to do our best, keep you up to date with the national news, and see how we did on last week's races. I hope you did well. Well, let's take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to talk to a man who I very much admire. His name is Ed Meyer. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, the former host of the show, a man who wears many hats and has throughout his career. He needs no formal introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ed Meyer. Eddie, how you doing? Good evening, John. How's it going? It's it, it's going good. It's going good. What an exciting time for racing right now. I mean, you look at the Travers card, you just got to pray you don't run out of money by the seventh race because there's like five more great races you can bet after that. Uh, so I, I might have to uh, go, go to my ATM and pull out a little more uh, uh, greens to put in my jeans, as they say. But, uh, you know, doing great, doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing super. You know, this is this is a big time of the year. Once you reach uh, mid uh, midsummer's derby time, this kind of shows you that uh, the Breeders' Cup isn't off in the distance. It's a daily countdown for me. And uh, you know, John, they were talking about uh, the the Arc, and it comes in October, the Arc de Triomphe. And yeah. I'm really excited this year. If you caught it by any chance, the Yorkshire Oaks win of an Able as she's on her way to pursue her third straight victory in France's pre-art de, de triomphe. Impressive. I mean, gutsy runner. John Gosden runner here. Frankie Dettori in the saddle. I didn't know if you caught it or not. No, man. You're supposed to call me. Was that this morning? Oh, you know what? I knew that there was a reason. You were working. I was not. And you know what happened? You missed possibly what, but you can grab it on. She on couldn't many, have many done sites. her last race. Her last race, I got goosebumps because I thought oh, she wow. was beat. Isn't, isn't how, she just marvelous? How does she I do mean, that? I mean, 13 for 14. I mean, you talk about somebody that knows where the finish line is, and let's face it, Frankie DeTore, uh, I think he's put away any thoughts of retiring for the year. Um, he, he's an unbelievable rider. He is a magic man. 
I think uh, I think he wants to hang in the game when I believe his son Rocco is yeah. going to be a rider, and uh, I think it's uh, kind of one of those not a competition things, but father son going to be in the saddle. Over the years, we've seen it on the big circuits and even Little River Down. So we've seen uh, father sons, mother sons uh, that that have actually taken to the saddle at the same time. I think uh, Frankie wants to hang in there and and you know to really have that unique moment that uh, you get to ride with your your son while he's still at the top of his game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. She is some mare. Um, now, I, I guess the plans of the Arctic Triumph and then Breeders' Cup. That's what that's what they were saying. You know, if she actually pulls this off, you know, this is going to be her third arc. John, this is huge. And you know, I would have to say that uh, that the Breeders' Cup is definitely on the uh, definitely on the agenda. But then again, they they might just uh, pull it up and uh, you know and uh, take down the tent. I mean, what more is there to do? And at, and at what point does uh, does that breeding shed start calling? But just watching her today, if you uh, actually you can. Catch it on uh, Horse Racing Nation. They have an incredible little clip there, and you'll catch it from about the 16th pole in. And really, I think that's when the real running begins, and you'll definitely want to see Enable today. Well, I will go back and look at it now that you spoiled the surprise for me. But anyhow. Uh, <laughs> and there's no Santa Claus either, John. <laughs> all right. Well, I told our audience we're going to try to go through the card between you and Eric so that they got all the races in a row and they can decide uh, what, uh, you know, pick threes they want to do. They can do it through the pretty much most of the stakes card. There's going to be 13 races. So uh, let's kick it off with. Uh, a race named after one of my favorite horses of all time, the Forgo Grade One, seven furlongs. It's in ditch distance. You know, John, in this race here, it's, it's a compact field of six. And for me, over the years, I've seen a lot of times those aren't the easiest races. But I'm going to go right with what the uh, the Morning Line handicapper put down at four to five with Matoli, Ricardo Santana for Steve Asmussen. Second off of the layoff, but this son of Escandrea came right back in the grade one Vanderbilt, showed very good speed going six panels that day. Going to back it off and going to get a little more added ground, which I think is right in his wheelhouse because he's one for one at the distance, one for one in the money at Saratoga. I love the way Santana... Every single ride, he looks like he just gets better, and he's such a pleasure to watch. But I think this second off the layoff angle here, and as a beaten favorite, trainer Steve Asmussen comes back for payback at a 26% clip. I'm using Matoli over the five, Bonrasan, and number six, Ferenz Fire. Uh, yeah, and <clears throat> Matoli... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, on his behalf, just so, so everybody knows, he finished uh, third in the Vanderbilt, beating seven and a half lengths. But he did hit the gate at the start, and it took a new track record at Saratoga, one oh seven and four by Imperial Hint to beat him. That's saying something. A lot of horses have gone that distance to Saratoga and never gone that fast. And again, he's only tried seven furlongs once. It was in the grade one Churchill Downs on Derby Day and one at seven furlongs. So a lot of reasons to like Matoli for sure, Ed. All right. How about uh, uh, something we can maybe celebrate after the races with? A little Kettle One Ballerina. Grade one. 
half a million down here. And it seems like it's kind of hard to separate um, come dancing and separation of powers. Uh, you know, I, I felt r- right about the same way, John. Uh, you know, it was uh, you know which one of the favorites was going to get just do it. I said, you know what, be a little more sporting. Let, let's try to find a price to kind of shake up the old dice here. I ended up with number one, special relativity, twelve to one. David Cohen in the saddle. He's had five mounts but three of which are winners. He's riding for Robertino Diodoro, who's winning 25%. Here's your favorite angle. This filly has got four starts with four wins. You definitely got that horse-for-the-course angle going. One impressively, the last two times out, I really gutsy went two back. Last time out, uh, did what she needed to do and looked like she had plenty of gas in the tank and came back on August 17th and worked a bullet workout over the Oklahoma train uh, track, which is known for being deep and a 48-1. Not bad. I mean, worked a beautiful bullet there. Very pleased. Looking for third straight win. You want to shake up the dice? I'm taking the one, David Cohen for Diodoro, and a 12 to 1, give me all you can. All right. Well, I'm going to have to put it in with separation of powers, Ed. Gee, let me see. A candy ride offspring trained by Chad Brown, ridden by Jose Ortiz, who's won two of three starts at Saratoga and has never been off the board. Reason enough for me to put this horse. Uh, I'm going to say on top, but I'm going to keep your horse in there with come dancing, baby. You remember what your mom said, if it looks too good, it just may be. <laughs> no, she always said, bet the horse who poops last. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what? I agree with that. They, they don't show enough on TV for me to see that. You got to be there live. Well, uh, Thank goodness race they don't. After, a race named after one of the greatest trainers of all time. Again, this one for the three-year-old boys, uh, the H. Allen Jerkins Stakes. Um, grade one. Again, back at uh, uh, seven furlongs. And uh, th- this time... It, we don't know how high the ceiling is for this horse. Let's take a chance on chance a lot. Uh, bring it in, the regular rider, uh, trained by Jorge Navarro, who's not having a bad meet. He's batting 31%, and I know you like to look mm-hmm. at your stats there. Has gotten faster every race. Ed, last buyer speed number, 121. That could be the Incredible. highest in North America this year. In it, it truly incredible three-year-old colt by Shanghai Bobby Amicio Jaramillo is coming up from Florida, but is no stranger to Saratoga. Won the Amsterdam by twelve commanding lengths under wraps, and was a dollar thirty-five to one that day. One for one at Saratoga. It was an optional fifty prior to that. Impressively, Gulfstream back in February broke his maiden. Chancellor looks incredible. I can't pick it apart, but I'm going to be sporty again, John. Uh-huh. I want to go with the five nitrous. Ricardo Santana and Steve Asmussen. I'm caught on this one. Nitrous is just the opposite, whereas you'll see a ton of speed from Chancellor being out there dictating the pace. If anybody runs and there's not an A-plus game, 
Nitrous can come thundering from the clouds, ran second to Chancelot, was second by 12 lengths, but ran second nonetheless, three for three in the money at Saratoga, Son of Tappet, Asmussen, and Santana, that's better than a free Coke any day, and these guys went 17% together, I'm going to go for 10 to 1 and box it up with Chancelot and kind of bet my $2 on Nitrous, especially 10 to 1, that's pretty sweet. All right. Well, if you like nitrous, Ed, I think you've got to put his PPs right on top of a horse by the name of Hog Creek Hustle, and they look <laughs> awful familiar, you know. Uh, this is a, yeah. a Vicky Foley trainee who's basically uh, is just leaving Kentucky for the first time in a long time. Uh, but this horse did win the grade one Woody Stevens over Nitrous and Baracho who are in this race. I'd love to see it just for the whole uh, Foley thing. You know, I remember her, her father, Dravo Foley, and uh, her, mm-hmm. her, brother, her brother, Greg, Greg. Uh, those guys uh, show up on the Ohio scene every now and then. Well, I'm going to shut up because we got to get to the granddaddy of them all, Ed, and you know what that is. It is the Traverse Stakes, a, a race so revered in my family. Not only did we call it a holy race of obligation, but my brother Bob named his son Matthew Travers Engelhart. <laughs> Love it. Now, the first part I knew, but the second part I didn't. 150 runnings, a mile and a quarter, Midsummer's Derby. It is upon, John. This is one heck of a card. It's going to be sunny and 80 degrees. Oh, I cannot wait for this Saturday. Well, just roll with it, baby. You set the stage. I thought I'd let you go first, but you know, I'm going to be a hog again. I'm going to take Tacitus, John. I, I think we're probably both thinking in the same wheelhouse here. Jose Ortiz, if if what I've picked thus far, you're going to see Santana and Ortiz ride the entire card, which is a, a pretty tall order. <laughs> I love Ortiz and Mott coming together, and Mott can have a rare shot at that derby-winning Travers daily double-ish, and Tacitus was ultra-impressive all year long. Last time out, stumbled bad at the start, just enough to get beat three parts of a length. That's exactly what Tax got him. Tax is drawing that outside post. I think Tacitus is really is really ready to, to ramp up and hit all, all cylinders here. Worked a bullet, one for one in the money at Saratoga. Jose Ortiz, he's only winning 23%, and when he hooks up with Billy Mott, they get their picture taken 31%. Give me all tasks as you can. If you can get five to two, lock it in now. All right, Ed. Well, uh, this certainly isn't going to be a race where I'm going to argue with you. And again, uh, we sat alongside each other for more than one race. And as you know, there's certain angles I like. I know yours is, uh, I believe it's third back is a big one of your favorites and one of mine is if there's an equipment change and the horse works a bullet i go to the window and mott is putting blinkers on i'm guessing he had them on a week ago for his uh training track best Mm -hmm. of five bullet and uh, you named the other things. I mean, though, he really he ran into trouble his last two starts. And we're talking about, you know, uh, the Belmont stake. His last three starts for that, the Derby, the Belmont, and the Jim Dandy. Uh, I think this four. is his day. I think that is his day. Um, so, I, I, plus, I, I'm a big fan of Mott's. And it'd be pretty cool that he'd win the two derbies. You know, Country House, yes. the eventual winner of the Kentucky Derby, and now the Midsummer Derby. I think it would be great. So, 
you know, I, I've i lost enough money betting on them. I'm going to try to get it all back on Saturday. Using with mucho gusto and code of honor. John, I think the drinks will be on you. <laughs> they will. They'll probably be all over my shirt when I'm cheering so much. <laughs> so. No, that's your hot dog. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll do that one. <laughs> All right, Ed, always great to have you on the show. I, I looked at the the log, and you are the most uh, requested and most on-air uh, guest that we've had, and I, I want that to continue for years ahead, my brother. It will, and I'm looking forward to every single part of it. John, to all your listeners out there, definitely download your Easy Win Forms for this weekend. I don't know why it is. They're usually daggone right on, but man, on marquee days, Winning Ponies is wickedly on the target. Definitely download your Winning Ponies Easy Win Forms for a big Saturday. All right. Well, I tell everybody, don't forget, when there's those big pools days, you can make a big bet, and nobody's going to see it on the tote board. <laughs> All right, Ed Meyer, thanks a million. We'll have you back on soon. I've written down your picks, and you know they'll be in all of my plays. Have a great weekend, Ed. You too, John. Thanks for having me on, and best of luck. All right, that was the man I admire, Ed Meyer. Up next, another man I admire from Horse Tourneys. It's Eric Wing. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now, another very popular guest on Winning Ponies, Horse Tourney's Eric Wing is going to join us. Eric, are you pumped about that Saratoga card on Saturday? 
Yeah, I, I always am, and I'm a New Yorker, so Belmont Stakes Day and, Sarah, uh, and Travers Day, along with Whitney Day, always get the juices flowing here, as, as I imagine they do for pretty much any racing fan out there. But, but uh, definitely the Saturday's extra special. Hey, listen, before we get to the end of the show and maybe I run out of time, tell us, uh, you know, give us the biggest news from horse tourneys for this weekend. Okay, and I won't belabor it, but, um, you know, every weekend is big at horse tourneys, but this weekend a little more so than most in that we have a special Travers, uh, Travers Day $65,000 guaranteed cash game. Um, uh, it goes off uh, about uh, a minute before 3 on Saturday. It's, it's $495 to play, um, and we guarantee 65000 no matter how many enter. So wow. if, we, if we don't get enough, then it's an overlay situation for players. Right now we have 51 players, so that means we have roughly twenty five grand in the pool, and we're guaranteeing sixty five grand. So, of course, uh, people still have plenty of time to sign up. And if, if people don't want to uh, put up the four ninety five to get in, we've got feeders uh, tomorrow and even early Saturday ranging from 27 to 116 dollars so you could try to win your way in for less uh but again and, and if we get more than a certain number of entries that that prize pool will go up well above 65,000 so it's the the more the the more who play the more we pay it's one of those deals and uh first prize should be even if even if it's just 65,000 in the pot first prize should be about 26,000 so it's well worth winning. It's a 12-race contest. We got uh, uh, six big stakes at Saratoga. Or excuse me, five big stakes at Saratoga, five races from Monmouth, and a couple of nice races from Woodbine to, to make it an even dozen. And, and the Travers is the, the last leg, the, the final race, the anchor leg of it all. So it, it, it'll be a great, great uh, last contest race with having such a wide-open race uh, so if you're close going into that last race, you should be able to find a price that, that might do it for you. All right, Eric Wing. Well, let's try to give those uh, players out there a little leg up uh, with, with your uh, input into uh, these races. I think the weather is going to be fairly good. Again, always unpredictable in upstate New York. Uh, but we're going to go on the turf in the Woodford Reserve Ballston Spa. It's a grade two, 400,000 on the line. Not the biggest field, but an awful hard to separate. Yeah, it's a good race. And, and uh, yes, John, the weather figures to be very good uh, Saturday. I would anticipate a firm turf course. And just one thing for the listeners when they're handicapping the full card at Saratoga, um, they've really been protecting and preserving the inner paths, having the rails well out. Those rails will come down on Saturday. So sometimes that means extra nice, extra firm footing on the rail for both turf courses there. So just something to watch out for as the day progresses. Um, the Boston Spa, it's a grade two race, but, you know, arguably grade one caliber. Uh, of course, there are the obligatory three, nom three entries from Chad Brown um, <laughs> in the race. Uh, the horse that jumped out at me initially um, in part because he's eight to one in the morning line is Indian Blessing, who's 
um, coming back from Europe, his three races in the U.S. are just faster than these have run in the past. So if, if he's close to that 8-to-1 morning line, he seems legit to me. The other horse I'm going to point out, again, not the favorite, and if you, he's nine to two, she's nine to two on the morning line. And on paper, by the buyer figures, she's, she's the slowest horse in the race. But if you watched her last race, a, a one other than allowance on July 31st, number nine, Masha, really had a tough trip um, and got up to win nonetheless. Rod Ortiz stays with her. He had a couple of other options, uh, presumably, in this race. And if you look into her European form, uh, she was close behind uh, Pomerique, who's a, a, now a legit grade one horse here in the U.S. for Chad Brown. So it's Masha for me in the Boston Spa, uh, though I'll also be keeping an eye on Indian Blessing just in case she runs back to her uh, three U.S. races, including one at Saratoga last year. Well, you bring up two really interesting horses. Uh, I'll start with Indian Blessing. I mean, uh, th- this horse was, uh, you know, a English bred that started its career uh, in England, Germany, back to England, and then came in and ran third in this race, was only beaten three lengths last year, and like you said, uh, ran a 97, 98, 95 in her three U.S. appearances, takes a brace, and shows up in Ireland in May, then goes to England, then come back to Ireland, then comes into this race off a race in Dusseldorf in Germany. So she's she's no stranger to airplane rides. And then Masha, I don't know if I've ever seen a more European uh, pedigree by an Irish stallion out of a French mare who's by a German stallion. <laughs> I wonder what language she speaks. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think she and Indian Blessing probably speak several. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. And, and Mosh is owned by Martin Schwartz, and that's kind of his thing, is to uh, uh, buy horses over there and then bring them over here. Or sometimes he does vice versa. Sometimes he'll buy here and then send over there. Um, quite often the best ones find their way back here and specifically into Chad Brown's bar. Yeah, I, I got to wonder if instructions for the airlines and the shippers are like, oh, we have a horse from Europe. Please send it to Chad Brown's barn. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, he's got, he seems to have a monopoly on on the well-bred uh, two-year-old runners that come over here. Of course, Graham Motion gets a, a bunch, too. And some of them that, that bleed over there and need to come over here are, are perfectly suited for U.S. racing. And, and um, so there are more than, than just what Chad Brown and Graham Motion get, but they, Brown sure does seem to get the best ones, and it seems like for every single grass race, and I don't just mean stakes, but he's, you're hard-pressed to find a non-claiming turf race at Saratoga that doesn't have at least one Chad Brown entry. He's really, he, he probably has to have a, like a giant uh, board up on his wall to just plot everything out and keep his horses separated best he can. And as, as we've seen plenty of times, <laughs> they don't really stay very well separated in these stakes races. He's got two or no, three for every one. 
Hard too. Well, we're coming up on uh, the uh, the personal ensign. We're going a mile and an eighth. This will be on the main track, and I'll be damned. I'm going to give out two horses, and if you come up with a long shot that can beat either of these, well, uh, you know, at, well, let's first of all say this is one of the most talented fields put together, as short as it is. But I think it is a toss-up between two spectacular uh, fillies in Midnight Bizu and Elate. As hard as they are to separate, I'm going to have to go with Elate. I mean, she she loves Saratoga. If you saw how she won uh, that Delaware handicap, it was nothing more than a public workout. Uh, uh, Billy Mott, I'm so happy for him having a great meet up there. And who knows, maybe later in the program we'll be talking about another horse of his that could win. Not knocking Midnight Bizu. Wouldn't be surprised in a minute if it beat it. So I'm going to shut up and hear from Eric Wing. Uh, you and I see the race much the same way. No surprise since these two are the 6-5 to five and 7-5 to five choices, respectively. Uh, the one area in... Uh, where I'll park company with you, John, is I think I like Elate in this race. And I, I do think Midnight Bisu may be slightly vulnerable at this race's mile and an eighth distance. Um, the horse either seems to run a triple-digit buyer or, or something in the 90 to 94 range. And when he's gone longer than a mile and a 16th in the past, it seems to be when the 90s and 94s pop up. Um, Whereas Elate is, is completely legit at the longer distances. And to build on what you said about the Delaware handicap, uh, the horse she beat rather easily in, in uh, her last two races, the Fleur de Lis and the Delaware handicap, Blue Prize came back uh, uh, last week and looks, looks super winning a feature uh, one day at Saratoga. Um, so I think that only served to frank the form of a late coming out of the Delaware handicap and the Fleur de Lis. Given the mile and an eighth distance, my money will go with a late. And from a gambling perspective, John, I'm willing to maybe instead of a win bet on Elate to uh, wheel her in the exacta over everybody else and sort of hope that, uh, to me, the little clever edge, if you will, in the race or trying to be sneaky is to wheel him in the exact and, and, and hope that Midnight Bisu is third or worse. That's going to be my way of, of, of attacking this race from a, a wagering standpoint. And a talented field. Anyone could finish underneath there. Uh, we're with Eric Wing from Horse Tourneys. We got two to go, Eric. You know the out time. Uh, we're going to go a rare mile and a half in the Sword Dancer, grade one, $850,000. I was kind of surprised that the favorite in here was Annals of Time. Um, I know it's Chad Brown and it's Javier Castellano, bing, 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 bing. But this horse has just got so many periods in its career where it's had these long layoffs. I worry about it, and it's not coming into this race. Uh, it hasn't run in a graded race since December of 16. The horse is six years old and only has seven lifetime starts. I have a hard time getting behind this horse when you've got, duh, a Chad Brown trainee ridden by Jose Ortiz, uh, who made its uh, uh, North American debut in a grade two and just missed by a half length over another horse in this race, Channel Cat, Ya Primo from Chile. 
Yeah, I have no knocks on Annals of Time. I'm with you. I, I you know, I, I guess I'm a little surprised he's the favorite. On the other hand, if you had told me that one of any of five of these was the morning line favorite, I wouldn't have been shocked because to me it's that kind of race. It's it's probably a race where the trip slash pace is going to decide the outcome. Uh, and Annals of Time, you know, one of one of the many layoffs in his uh, in his PPs came off a year and a half layoff. Um, a late closing second to Gadu on Belmont Stakes Day, or I believe it was Belmont Stakes Day or the day before, but Gadu just broke off to a really big lead that day when speed was really carrying on the turf course. So nothing wrong with that second to Gadu. And then uh, just a facile four-and-a-quarter length victory, four-and-a-half length uh, in his uh, prep for this at, at Saratoga and a three other than. I certainly think Annals of Time could win, as could number six, Yaprimo, uh, number four, Channel Cat, who kind of surprised everybody by winning the Bowling Green, the uh, lead-up to this race uh, at 13-1. to 1. Channel Maker was the favorite in that race and finished fourth, beating just three-quarters of the length behind Channel Cat. In between those two was Yaprimo, who you mentioned, who, you know, that... that uh, Bowling Green was interesting because it was one of those races where if Channel Cat didn't win, it was going to be hard to figure out, or excuse me, if Channel Maker didn't win, it was kind of hard to figure out who would. And that day, in part due to race dynamics, that day it went to Channel Cat. Primo took all kinds of money in that race. Um, he was like 8 or 10 to 1 in the morning line, went off at 7 to 2, and uh, just barely failed to, to run down Channel Cat. Um, Sadler's Joy, uh, the, the, uh, the famous confirmed closer, um, <laughs> typically gets there a little too late, but you, you have to give him a shot. He's just too darn consistent cranking out those triple-digit buyers, one twice over the course. The one interesting horse to me that I'll try to get into the number and maybe wheel up and down with the other four or five contenders that I mentioned is number five, Pillar Mountain, uh, for Todd Pletcher. Pletcher, even though you don't think of him as a grass route trainer, is very good in these situations. Um, he won a couple last year with High Happy. Obviously, he had English Channel back in the day. So Pletcher knows what he what he's doing. He doesn't have to take a backseat to any trainer when it comes to uh, marathon distance um, uh, performance or, or prowess. And he's really nicely weighted for this race. He's losing six pounds off his last start, which was a uh, kind of a handy two-and-a-half length win. Um, and so, while his buyer number looks a little light compared to the others, that six pounds is going to make a nice difference going a mile and a half. So uh, gun to my head, I like Pillar Mountain, but I would – would certainly play him underneath uh, the other logical contenders in here. Yeah, th- this is going to be a tough one. If you're doing a big ticket, folks, you're going to have to spread it around on this race because there's just nobody you can key in on. You know, you got those those channel horses. Either the one knows has a good shot, and, and you know, I, I always look for you know uh, 
English Channel and Kitten Joys on the grass, and uh, they they win more often than they lose. Well, let's get to the. Isn't everything run happy? You probably had a run happy hamburger tonight, and uh, <laughs> drove home in your run happy Subaru, and you know you got your run happy sneakers on. Is there anything that's not run happy anymore? <laughs> no, you know I was thinking, what's going to happen to the TVG, and for that matter, the Naira budget? If, like, for some reason, Run Happy, I don't know, you know, like, turns out to be a real flop at stud or suddenly loses his fertility or something. Just, just imagine the devastation to the, uh, to the advertising budgets that these, uh, these uh, outlets will suffer. Uh, boy, it's hard. Between, between Run Happy and Star Guitar, uh, <laughs> it's hard to follow racing and not hear one of those ads like every five minutes or like you say, you know, everything is, is sponsored by Run Happy. But, hey, you know what? Jim McInvale, God bless him. He's yep. poured a lot of money into the game and he's supporting his stallion, not just with mares, but with certainly plenty of advertisements. He came through like a prince during the hurricane down in Houston. Yes, he did. So you always got to root for Jim McInvale. He's a nice man, too, on top of, of everything else. Yeah, what what he did uh, during the hurricane was truly amazing, and I'm I'm just having a little fun here, but it is amazing. It's hard to look at a anything that bit that's big that's going on. He's going to sponsor the whole Kentucky Downs meet, so I, I'm rooting for Run Happy, you know. But anyhow, let's get to the Travers before we run out of time. Uh, of course, uh, 1.25 million, and it is the rematch. It's the Midsummer Derby, and we've got at least three Derby horses in here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I already tipped my hand in the first part of the program. I love Tacitus. I, I think his bad luck's over. I'd love for Bill Mott, especially since the country house kind of tainted Derby, for him to come back and win the other Derby uh, would just be fantastic. And I mentioned, you know, the blinkers on, how well he's training. Jose Ortiz, enough said. I want to hear from Eric Wang. I I root for Tacitus for the same reasons you do. You know, I I, I like him. I like Bill Mott a lot. And, yeah, it, you know, I'd like to see him win one convincingly after the country house controversy. I, I just have no interest in betting this horse. And, and I know he's probably going to be favored and he's well fancy. To me, he's, he finds trouble almost every race, and we keep saying, oh, this time the bad luck will be over. Oh, now he's got blinkers. Oh, this time he's got an outside post. This time he has an inside post. This time he'll be up closer. I, I'm a little tired of it, and I'm not going to take a short price with him getting blinkers for a trainer who's, you know, 3% uh, with such a move. And, and he's not, I mean, he... He's kind of close to all these others, tax and these other three-year-olds. To me, you can throw a blanket over most of them. And I, I, from a gambling perspective, he, I have no interest. Um, Mucho Gusto is the, the horse that intrigues me most. I mean, he, he was chasing maximum security while wide through a fast pace on, in that Haskell that went off about four hours after it was supposed to. Um, and, and, you know, you don't think of him as a top-flight horse, but I think he ran a top-flight race last time in the Haskell. And if, if maximum security wasn't in the race, he'd be coming in here with the top buyer and an eight-length win in the Haskell. 
Um, instead, maximum security was in the race, and I think he's being overshadowed by some of these other three-year-olds like Tacitus and Tax and Point of Entry, or Code of Honor, rather, who have kind of proven that they're good but not great. So I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Mucho Gusto and, um, and take my chances with uh, Code, of Honor, Code of Honor underneath. All right, you and Ed Meyer think a lot alike. Well, Eric, I'm hearing that my clock is running out. I thank you so much. I tell everybody, go on over to Horse Tourneys. Sounds like some great offerings there. They're all up on the website. You can check it out. And you can come to Winning Ponies' uh, website. And to help you with those contests, pull down our easy win forms. For Ed Meyer, Eric Wing, I'm John Engelhart. want to thank my producer, Josh By Gosh. Stay tuned next week. We'll give you the results right here on Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.